Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. We left kind of the, the Easter season, even though I don't believe we ever leave the Easter season, like Easter's all the time. We celebrate all the time the resurrection. We live in it. And Paul said, if he didn't resurrect, like, man, we just might as well eat, drink, and be happy. It don't really matter, you know? But he resurrected, so it matters. And uh, we celebrate that resurrection all the time. And uh, the, the gospel writer of Luke is who we really focused in on and we looked at. And he's the same writer who writes the book of Acts. And I just really believe, like, it was one of the things that I was supposed to mention before we start, and then I'm going to give you a space to read that first chapter of Acts. But I think when it's written by this guy named Luke, and he writes to a, a guy that we don't really know a lot about, uh, but Luke is a physician, and he talks about writing an orderly account. And I think there's so much, like, I'm just going to be real honest, like how we've gone to church and how church is really set up here, we kind of see through a context that's hard to unsee a little bit. And so I believe like some of us don't feel that we have a place in the kingdom because there's a few like really gifted people who do a few or not all of the stuff, you know? <laughs> and we just go like, I'm not like them. So like, I wish I was. And then we sit back and we watch for years and nothing really happens in our life. And I believe that Guys like Luke often get like looked over as like detail-oriented people, kind of looked out, like kind of frustrating sometimes because they just care about all the details and they want to have everything right and everything's going to be so. But this guy decides to move in faith and use the gift that God made him to be, which allows us to have this orderly write-up of the history of the early church and I don't know if you're one of those people who feels like your gift is insignificant or it's not like other people. I say good. And I believe so does the word. It indicates good. <laughs> but your gift is very unique. And I pray today that God gives you unique wisdom into who he designed you to be. Within the kingdom of God, we're all different pieces with different giftings. And I pray that God awakens you to see clear what he's gifted you to be within his kingdom as you represent the king. He will use you more than you think or imagine. But I believe we must listen to the voice of our precious king and our Holy Spirit versus the voices who have spoke over our lives or the context in which we have built this thing we call the church. I want to hear from him. I want to hear from no one else. And I pray that he speaks to us today. And I pray he gives you fresh vision. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And then I just want to talk about this. And then let's see what the Lord does today. In the first book, O Theophilus, and if you don't know, the first book I, just, I mentioned was Luke. And so he writes the book of Luke. In his first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. 
He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While they were gazing into the heavens, as he went, see this picture, they're just looking up, this guy's leaving. Behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Like I said, this book is written by a doctor. Colossians, you can find that in Colossians 4. Paul talks about Luke being this precious doctor of his that he really appreciates. And he writes to a guy named Theophilus, and this Theophilus comes from two Greek words, actually. And it means the two Greek words, uh, theos and phileo. Theos is the word for God, and phileo is the word for lover. And so some people actually believe that he writes this letter to all the God lovers that are within the kingdom of God. I kind of like to believe that Theophilus is actually a person who's distributing this, but we don't really know. But I want to focus in on a couple things. I want to go through these verse by verse, and then I want to hit something I believe the Lord has just like really highlighted to me that I would love to share with you guys. Verse three, his message what Jesus came talking about was the kingdom. I believe this idea of kingdom is really challenging for us in America. And uh, it's challenging because uh, we live in a democracy. And I'm no, I don't have anything against democracy. I think it's wonderful and amazing, actually. I really like it. Uh, but the preamble to the Constitution, it like really starts out as like we the people, you know? And it's ruled by the people for the people. But in a kingdom with the king, it's very different. And so when Jesus ascends... They're terrified because, man, the guy that we really rest on and lean on is like going. They forget all the words that Jesus said, by the way. But he goes to take his like rightful seat in the place of authority of heaven. And so when he's talking about the kingdom, he's really inviting all these people into the kingdom where he's the king. And this really goes against a lot of, honestly, like, well, we may be brought up to really appreciate I don't know about you, but I don't like anybody in charge of me because we're the people we rule. We're in charge of this whole thing. People under the authority of the true spiritual king can do democracy a great service. I would say that. But outside of the rule of the true king, democracy is doomed to chaos. I believe some of that is what we're experiencing and seeing now. 
And if you, if you in your life, me and Adam were talking about this the other day, when was the first time you actually believed that God's invitation to you was for your good? Like obedience to Jesus is actually gonna be good for you, not bad for you. Anybody? Anybody finally to the place where you actually believe that it's gonna be something good in your life? I told him, I'm like, honestly, be really honest, like maybe last year I kind of started to believe a little bit more. I truly. Jesus is the risen king. He invites the world to receive him as king. When you receive him as king, you enter into his kingdom that he set up all the rules. All those rules are for your benefit, not your harm. If you desire to experience the gift of of wonderful God-given, what the scripture calls like eternal forever life, is invitation to know the king and walk the life with him. If you do not want to follow the king, if you do not want him to be your king, I, I promise you, here's what you're going to find, is chaos in your life. Chaos is all there is. Because I don't know about you, I've never met anybody, anybody in all my life, and I've had a lot of these friends, Say, I do what I want. I've never met anyone in my life who does whatever they want and experience the life they want. Eventually, they come back and they go, wasn't what I thought. <laughs> in fact, my life is hell and I want to die. Do you have those friends? I have those friends, all those friends. Coming back years later, but you don't, and, and I, I want you to know, stop. If you're here today and you're unsure if the king is worthy to follow, I just want to welcome you here. I don't want to pressure you into a decision. You're welcome to stay and enjoy and learn and and get to know the people here. Welcome, stay. And if you want to leave and come back, we'll welcome you back. It's fine. But I want to give you very clear, clear guidance from the word. Jesus is the true king, but when he invites you into his kingdom, he doesn't just invite you to come be slaves. He invites you into his royal family. And he crowns you as his son and his daughter. And he bestows upon you his presence and his giftings. And he gives you purpose and life. And he promises his peace that passes every bit of understanding, which guards our hearts and our minds in a chaotic world around us. The kingdom of heaven and of light is advancing in the kingdom of darkness. We have no fear because our king is in charge. You're invited. And I invite you to follow the king. He preached about the kingdom. And I pray that's what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. Verse 6 and 7, he tells us that times and seasons are not for us to understand. You see, the people are more interested. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, I get about like the kingdom of heaven. I get it. I get it. You're the king. I get it. But what I'm really interested in, when is like Israel going to take its place of prominence? Like when are you going to set up the thing where we take over the world? believe that one of the greatest hindrances, one of the greatest challenges is being more focused on what Jesus wasn't focused on. Wanting something different than what Jesus invited us to want and desire. He's invited us into this ministry and this message for a reason, 
for your benefit and your good. Many times we want less than Jesus offers or we want something different and maybe what we would perceive as a little bit more. I promise you, if it's not what Jesus invites us into, it's gonna be less for your life, not the more. Here's what you are to know. Here's what he wants us to know. And then here's where I wanna focus in. But times and seasons are not for you to know. But here's what I want you to know. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said in John 14, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And even greater works than these is he gonna do because I go to my Father. So Jesus says this, before he ascends. Now, check out this story. The people are watching. They've listened to Jesus talk about the kingdom. And then Jesus begins to rise off the ground. And I don't know about you, but I think that would like hypnotize me a little bit too. I'm like, this is wild. Begins to float through the air and they're stuck in this place where they're like, that was the guy. And the guy is gone. Do you feel that? Like, I've seen Jesus feed 5,000. I've seen him walk on water. I've seen him heal the blind. I've seen him do all these things. He's gone. Like, there's this moment, I believe, like, where they're stuck, where they're stuck looking up. And I don't know if you've ever felt stuck before, but I believe, like, this message might be for us who felt stuck before because you're invited out of stuckness and into power. You could be unstuck right now. He wants to unstuck you. And I believe that he's going to do that today. So Jay, okay, 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 Jay. What are you telling me to do? Like, I feel stuck in my job. I feel stuck at home. I feel stuck. I feel stuck in Knoxville. It's too small for me. I'm a big city person. (laughs) I've heard this so many times. Like, awesome. Go to a big city. Be great. Do it. I mean, should I quit my life and just like step into ministry? Like, what should I do? Because I feel stuck. If you feel that way, I don't mean to make fun of you. I'm just having fun. You know, it's okay. Just relax. You can complain later. Just shoot me a text and just it's blast off. It's fine. I'll give you your number. I'm TC's number. <laughs> I believe like many of us have this context of what we're going to do and we're, we, need, we should quit and we should do ministry. I've, I really, I had somebody come up last week and they invited me into that question and I really appreciated it because I, I lose sight of it sometimes. And I remember sitting, watching this guy on a stage being like, well, dang, I just need to really do what he's doing or I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. And I just want to tell you, like, I don't believe that that's quite true. I really don't. See, we're going to continue through the book of Acts. You're going to see this lady named Lydia who was like a seller of purple goods. And she like had church in her home. Like, you know, like the kingdom was advancing through this person who was doing business, inviting people into their home, seeing kingdom advance, like using, leveraging all of their money, all of their resources for the king because they knew that the king had given them everything they had. Lydia, 
You see Paul sometimes when he, he's traveling, he's, he begins to like build tents. He's a tent maker to support the work of ministry. But do you see their savior is not their business. Their business is the result of their savior. So I don't look for my business or my money to save me. In fact, I don't even care. It will not save me, and I know it. But I know my Father, who gives me every good thing, has gifted me with this wonderful business, and now I leverage everything I have because he's the king and I am not. See your life as it truly is. And I promise you, you will get unstuck right now. The results of the Holy Spirit is number one, power. Power. I believe uh, one of the ways that we get a little bit stuck, and, and I was thinking about a story that my kids, I watched my kids play. And uh, my son, my, my third child, is named JP. He is four. And JP is a wild man. A closet wild man, though. You're going to walk by him, and you're going to try to talk to him, and he's going to give you those skeptical eyes. You know what I mean? What are you, what's your angle here, you know? He's always figuring out the situation. And my kids were playing, and my girls love to play house. They are very motherly. Uh, Blakely, especially, my oldest, is like mother of everyone, you know? And so she's tidied up this perfect little room, and she said JP is going to be the baby, and the baby is going to be quiet. Come on, parents, you know what I mean? Like, they already got it within them, you know? And she's like, JP, now here's your bed. I made you your bed. Now you're going to lay down here and be quiet. And JP's like, I ain't being quiet. I'm tearing the house down. She's like running through there just, like, I'm a bear. And you're not the bear. You're a baby. Be quiet. And then there's this giant fight. And she comes to me and she's like, Dad, JP's not being the baby. And I'm like, baby, that's because he's not a baby. This is a dumb story, but I believe, I believe a lot of times we don't walk in power because we're not really babies, but somebody's told us we're a baby, so we begin to believe that we're actually babies and we act like babies. And here's, here's one of the examples that I, I believe. Like here, Here's where I believe it's going to unstuck some people right now. Many of us know the passage out of Romans 3.23, which says what? Anybody know? Come on, some Bible scholar out here. What is it? Do it, do it. 323? Yes. Go, Bo. Go louder. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, now everybody's like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anybody know the next verse? Memorize that one? Look, look that one up, Bo. Romans 324. Stand up, Bo. Yeah. Does anybody know 324? We know 323. Say that one more time because I didn't I don't have it in my notes. Being justified freely by his grace that is a gift in Christ Jesus through the redemption. Does anybody know that one? The gift of Christ freely given is justification for you. 
Many of us, I believe, remain spiritual babies because we, we glory in the fact where we go, I'm just a sinner. I'm just saved by, I'm, I'm just, oh, oh me. Like, I'm just a broken sinner. And we stay right there. And we're never worthy of connection with God. Never. And in fact, we're always striving for the breakthrough, but we know we're never gonna find it because man, we're really not worthy. Anybody in the room? Anybody been in church in a minute of time and just felt like that all the time? But the next verse, the next verse is so powerful. Because Jesus, the free gift of grace for you, you have redemption. You are justified as you stand before the Father. This is for you to receive. And as we receive both of those paired, it's a wonderful mosaic that begins to be empowering. It doesn't stop us. It empowers us. It emboldens us. And I believe the pendulum swing can go both ways. I really do. Both of those are paired up so perfectly, and we have to have the perfect picture there. Because am I a sinner? I've fallen short of the glory of God. Yes, but glory got restored through Jesus by faith that is yours to have. And as it's yours to have and receive, you will step in and find a wellspring within your soul that begins to water dry ground in your life. And not only your life, but the scripture that Jesus says is, it will become a spring that begins to pour out. I pray that you receive the realities that through Jesus, the free gift that he did for you, hear it, for you, was paid for. You, are, you could be redeemed. You could be justified before God, and he invites you into it. The way we receive that is we take off the crown of our life, and we give it to the true king, the crown, and we offer it to Jesus, and we're like, you're the king. I'm here. And then that king goes, welcome in. And some of us have been hearing the door of a heart knocking. And he says, if anyone hear the voice, my voice and open the door, I'm gonna come in. If you open the door, the way you open the door, you take off the crown and you give it to the king. And when you give it to the king, he comes in and says, he shares a meal with you. <laughs> Did anybody expect that? He shares a meal with you. He invites you to come in. Come on. And then power's available. But power isn't in your might. It's in the Holy Spirit. So stop defining your abilities by what you believe about yourself. Stop defining your abilities by what you believe about yourself. If somebody has called you something that Jesus hasn't called you, then it's not true. Stop building your life upon it. He has called us into his great glory and excellence. And he has bestowed upon us the great and precious Holy Spirit. You've been sealed with his presence. You say, but, but Jay, like, how does the Holy Spirit like, like dwell with somebody who's maybe broken or sinful? You gotta go back into Romans 3, 23 and 24, and you found your life 
on those passages. I've fallen short, but through God's great grace, he has restored me, redeemed me, justified me, and now I enter into the presence of God, set free and holy in his name. Now I can thank him. I invite you into that every single day. And as you transform by the renewing the way you think, here's what's gonna happen. The wellspring begins to rise. Witnessing is the byproduct of the Holy Spirit. Power is gonna come upon you. And listen, when you receive him, like, I can't help it. I gotta talk about it because it's too real not to talk about and it's too amazing to be quiet about. We gotta get going. Believe upon Jesus. But the word witness is to tell of your experience and the testimony of Jesus with power. How can I join the power of the Holy Spirit? How can I actually join the power of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is always going to exalt Jesus, the King. The Holy Spirit is always going to exalt Jesus. If you want to do what TC is talking about, joining the power of the Holy Spirit, exalt the King. You will find he shows up in ways that maybe you don't quite expect as you go and exalt the king. The spirit is always exalting the truth. Now, verse nine through 11, they were stuck looking up. And I'm gonna ask the band, they can come back. They were stuck looking up as if they lost something. Something's just left them and they got no hope, and they in trouble. But notice the angel's gentle rebuke. Like, as if, like, really think about this for a second. You got Peter there. He's denied him. We talked about it uh, Easter Sunday, about how Jesus shows up to Mary, shows up to Peter, James, the disciples, Thomas, the doubter, and yet he shows up again and he's been telling them all the stuff about the kingdom and he tells them, hey, listen, go down in Jerusalem, wait for the promised Holy Spirit. Jesus said a bunch of stuff to him and he says, it's better that I leave you so the promised Holy Spirit can come and yet when he leaves, it's almost like they're shocked, right? They still have a moment of unbelief. One of the things that I want us to notice is he still doesn't give up on them. He sends like, these messenger angels to be like, hey guys, why are you looking up? Like, why are you stuck? Why do you stand here gazing into heaven? We get stuck when we want something different or expect something different. I want something different. I don't want him to leave. He said he was gonna leave. I don't want him to leave. Just get stuck. Once they come, it's like this light bulb hits and they go, oh yeah, oh yeah. I believe y'all, and I just wanna, I wanna speak into today for a second. I, I, 
I believe in this day, people are looking for angels in America, spirit guides in America, because nobody filled with the spirit is going to those people. They're looking for guidance. They're looking for angels, looking for them. And last night I, I did a, a wedding in, in Nashville and I go, I'm driving through town and uh, coming back and I stop to get some food and I'm sitting there and I go to this packed out restaurant and the lady's like, there's one seat at the bar. And I'm like, cool, let's just go sit up there. And I'm sitting there by myself and the girl starts talking behind the counter and we start talking about things and I start praying. I'm like, God, what do you want me to say to her? What do you want me to say to her? Give me your words for her. And I just started, I just wanna encourage you. I believe that if you're in Christ, you're in his kingdom, I believe that sometimes, I believe all the time, uh, you're that angel that he's sending to people. I believe that. And I pray you begin to see yourself as who you really are. Filled with his presence, sent in his power to be witnesses. Step in and watch the power of the Holy Spirit move. He wants to empower you. So I'm talking to her. She says, I come from no religion, but I, ha I am spiritual. Everybody's hearing that now. I found spirit guides. I talk to them. They're guiding me. People are looking for guidance to better their kingdom. I just went to a house of a girl who was being haunted by her spirit guide. Listen, this is the day we're in. Nobody's talking about this at church. Don't talk about it. Crippled by anxiety and fear. Don't know where to go, going to the doctors and they're telling her she's bipolar. Listen to me, go to spirit-filled doctors. Luke was one, I'm not against doctors. But I don't quite believe an unspirit-filled doctor all the time. God sends one of our ladies to this person, calls me on a Monday, go down to her house, parents don't know what to do. And I'm telling you, telling you, the power of the one who is seated on the throne, who has all authority in heaven and on earth, delivered this girl and all it was with his name, Jesus. That's it. And I told them, I said, you will be completely healed. You don't, you're not bipolar. You're talking about, what are you talking about? You called on a spirit guide, you think they're guiding you to heaven? They're guiding you straight to hell. They're liars. I'm telling you, it's the day we're living, guys. I gotta be straight up, because I'm seeing it all over the place. All my Instagram feeds, TikToks, that's all it is. Spirit guides and angel numbers and all this stuff. Good, come on. Everybody's searching, we got the answer but we gotta to begin to believe the answer. And Jesus said, if you believe upon me, here's what's gonna happen, power, and you're gonna witness. You've got him, believe him. If you believe him, you will walk with him. If you walk with him, you will witness of him because you'll have all the stories to tell. And I'm telling you, they were witnessing about the greatness of God because they stepped into the greatness of God and saw them mere people who believed on Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, do things they couldn't explain.
I could tell, man, I could tell when I sat with this person, I watched their family like, kind of like, oh, you're that pastor. My daughter's bipolar for years. She's not. I looked into this girl's eyes. I promise you, happened. When I looked into her eyes, I literally, I literally, I don't know if God gave me vision to see. I have no idea. I don't understand what I saw. I saw something literally move in her eyes. And I began to speak not to this person, but the thing that they had called upon. Leave them. Leave her now. Leave her now in Jesus' name. Leave her. And literally, like, I saw this. It's like, in my imagination or something, come out her eye and go off her shoulder. And the reason I know I saw something is because her dad was sitting next to me. He goes, I, I don't know if I saw something. And he was like trying to be calm. And he was like, but I think I saw something just like go off her shoulder. And I was thinking, yeah, it's all the same thing. <laughs> it affirms in me what I'm seeing. And I'm telling you, all it is is because I, I believe upon Jesus, man. He sent me as an ambassador of his kingdom. I bear his name. Therefore, every spirit not submitting to Jesus bow to the king. Leave. Leave. Some, I believe some of y'all are even feeling light after that. That's all it is. And then I said, you've called on a guide. She began to be very fearful, terrified, because this guide haunted her. She would see things coming by her window, coming at night, would stand in her room. Listen, I don't, if this freaks some of y'all out, I promise you, like this is coming in your world soon. It's here. Doors are opening all over the place. You're gonna need this. Be not afraid, oh mighty warrior. The king is with you. Be not afraid. He's gonna send you. She began to be very afraid. And I said, there is a name that you call upon. She said, I will never say that name. Began to tremble. I will never say this name. I will never say that name. I will never say that name. I explained to her about the authority of Jesus and your voice matters to him. And he loves you and he sees you right where you are. Most people who've done this have been told they hear in their mind, because you've gone so far, he won't hear you. What you say doesn't matter. Don't even speak it. I assured her that the king hears her voice and he loves her. And if you tell that spirit, that name, that they're no longer welcome here, must leave in Jesus' name by his authority, it will be so. You speak it. And if some of you feel haunted, listen, if some of you have pervasive thoughts, if some of you have a heaviness that you can't explain and somebody has told you something, I wanna tell you, it might not quite be that something. We fight not against flesh and blood, but principality and power. And I believe the principality and power can manifest into the flesh, yes. But listen, but listen, but listen. 
when she began to trust the power of Jesus, she spoke. And when she spoke, literally, it felt like the heaviness when she said this name, heaviness into the room and said, you must leave in Jesus' name. There was a shot across the room and there was like this peace and like lightness that entered this room that I can't explain. But I witnessed it and watched it. She's not battling with bipolar anymore. Listen to me. Yeah. Listen to me. True story. Sat right back here. You have, maybe, here's what I also believe. Many of us, it's not that we don't want to walk in power. We don't believe power is ours to walk in. You might want it. You just might not know you got it. You might not know that he's with you and really not believe it. I invite you to move in power. But how we move in power is we, we step into what Jesus invited us to step into. We move in radical obedience, trusting Jesus. And as we trust Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit is ours to walk in, receive, and expect. You are not just somebody who's fallen from grace. Grace and glory have been restored through Jesus. That is yours to accept and expect. You say, Jay, who am I to expect that? I mean, who am I? I just wanna tell you, through Jesus, you've been elevated. You've been elevated. You're no longer a pauper. You are a son and daughter of the Most High King. He's called you into his kingdom. And we are called to move in power among the kingdom of darkness as the kingdom of God advances in power. If that's you and you're like, man, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know. But today, I wanna like surrender my idea of like king, my kingdom and I wanna like make him king. Like, don't care what it looks like, full surrender, like Jesus is king. Now I want to just go with you. If that's your heart, I just wanna invite you into a time of prayer. Some of us have gotten to that place where we're just like, I'm ready. And I don't, I don't just wanna do like religion. I want that intimate relationship where he like comes upon me to do work. I wanna go with you and I want to be a witness and I want to be a witness in power. If that's where he's got you and you've just gotten to that place, I just wanna invite you into a time of prayer. This place is open. If you feel the need to move, you can move. As a step of faith, you can move. And we're just gonna have a time where we just invite the Holy Spirit just to come and do whatever he wants to do. Whatever he wants to do and we make ourselves available to you.
Holy Spirit, we make ourselves available to you. Lord, we invite you just to come fresh upon us for the work of ministry that you've called us to in this day.